welcome to Unprofessional. I am Dave Wiskus, joined by Jamie Newberry. Hello. Hello, Jamie. How are you? <laughs> I'm really, really good. How are you today, Dave? Excellent. And awesome. t- today we have with us TJ Lavin. Woo! Hi, TJ. You out there, TJ? Yeah, here I am. <laughs> out on the internet. Awesome. Awesome. So I think I think we're going to have a few listeners that may not know who TJ Lavin is, just, you know, given our... our uh, our typical audience, our beloved audience, oh. TJ. Are you calling you? them? What are you? Are you calling our audience nerds or something? Is that your? No, never. I love. How well, dare I you? love nerds. How first. dare you? Okay, well that's fine. <laughs> Who doesn't love nerds, really? But we have somebody with us from outside the the world of nerddom. So, uh, TJ, would you mind uh, explain yourself? Would you mind letting folks know who you are? Who are you? Who, who uh, are you? Yeah, I'm I'm a desert rat. Like I was born and raised in Vegas. I grew up riding bicycles and and turned it into turned a hobby into a a, a living, which was pretty crazy. Um, and then I, I was a pro bike rider for 15 to 20 years, um, give or take, depending on who you ask. And then <laughs> and then halfway through that career, I I started doing another career, which is hosting a show on MTV, and um, that was completely accidental as well. <laughs> what show was that? It's called the Challenge. Awesome. That's so a- now, that show's still going, and it's going really good, and it actually airs tonight. Oh, hey! Um, on, uh, so it's on Thursday nights at ten a.m. or ten p.m. Uh, Thursday nights at ten p.m. Um, it it's it's uh, you know it's probably not the best show for kids. <laughs> so uh, neither is this. So that's okay. <laughs> oh, there you go. And then, uh, so the, yeah, it's it's been a, a, a passion of mine, a, a dream come true for sure, um, to be able to do that stuff. And then so, and now I'm I'm going a different direction. So everything's going great. That's awesome. Well, and and if I have to do this, so TJ, when you said desert rats, it totally. So TJ and I actually grew up like we were next door neighbors as kids, and oh, really? um, we were like like as little kids, like like when TJ was two, and uh, like we moved in next door, and um, so we grew up next door to each other. And when you said desert rats, TJ, I remembered that we built a a fort in your backyard and our club name was desert rats yeah <laughs> do you remember that yeah totally I, I totally remember that i had not thought about that until you said you were a desert rat and i was like oh my god you really are a desert rat because yeah. i was in that club <laughs> i'm the original desert rats you know i'm one of the original three or four or five <laughs> that is so cool i totally remember that wow so that brought back some memories, and I didn't, I didn't want to make the whole show about like our entire childhood, but it's definitely a part of, um, you know, like, <laughs> you know, like the the guy next door who grew up to be all famous and stuff, and it's really cool. Well, it this really is really cool. It's an interesting thing because so many of of the guests tend to be, especially since you've been on the show, Jamie, uh, people that are kind of from our community, and a lot of the shows, you're still. It's not that people don't know who you are, but you're still uh, you're still kind of an enigma. So here's a chance for the audience to get to know you a little bit better through a guest. Yeah, awesome. Well, and such a cool guest. I think what I've always, um, even though we we lost, I moved to a small town like when I was in fifth grade, and um, you know, I, I so we lost touch. I mean, I think we kept in touch for a few years. We'd come to town, go to Wet and Wild, and all that stuff to, together, and. Uh, but we kind of lost touch, and then we ended up in a piano class together. I remember that. Do you, and you um, still play piano. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still play piano a lot. Um, was it at CSN? Yeah, it was. Do you remember that? Oh my gosh! Yeah, you were in that class. I was. <laughs> Glad you remembered. No, I don't remember you being in that class. That's I was. Crazy. I was like always the girl in black in the back, all quiet. Oh, that's I right. That's right. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. I was that girl always, and um, so I always sat in the back. But I remember, you know, like we had a really awesome teacher, Cynthia, who was fantastic. I got an A. Well, she said she would give me an A plus, but they didn't exist, so I got a really good grade in that class. I have to imagine you did too. You're a good student. That was fun, but yeah, that that was the last time I think I remembered seeing you at one of the X Games. So like a couple years later in San Francisco, I used to do production work, like grip work and stuff, and uh-huh. I was working in X Games that you were writing at, and I think I think I ran into you for briefly, like. Two minutes while I was gripping. I was doing. I was on the um, the snowboard ramp. Wait, while well, you were gripping? Uh, what does that mean? Uh, camera grip. So I was schlupping gear for for guys who were shooting on beta cam. I've always wondered what a grip is. Yep, I was yep, a grip. That's what's, what it is. What's a what's a best boy? I don't know. I was never a best boy. Hmm. I thought maybe you might know one though. Best boys and key grips. So in the in the movie, do you know TJ? What's a best boy? No, I don't know. I don't either. We're going to have to get help on that one. I should know. I feel like I should know that, but I don't. I'm not even going to bother looking it up. We could. We could ask the internet, but I want this to I want this to either remain a mystery or I want to hear it from somebody who can <laughs> tell me a story about a best boy. About a best boy, a best boy experience. Well, so I feel like I've made this all about me and like how, you know, I how many times I've seen you in the past year. I don't mean to <laughs> as, do that. As you're as you're prone to do. Was that 99 when you were at the X Games in San Yeah, Francisco? it was. <laughs> yeah, I won that year. Oh, uh, congratulations. I was there shooting and that's I and I was on I was like on the snowboard station. That's all I remember. That's, that's so awesome. Rad. Very cool, man. So See, yeah, he won that year. That's cool. So riding a bike, how do you how do you even turn that into a job? And I don't mean that I mean that sounds dismissive <laughs> or something. I don't mean it that way at all. I just mean like that what there's got to be a great story there. What? How did that happen? How did that Heavy happen? Side. <laughs> I actually started BMX riding period, like in my life, with a guy named Danny Isom, which is <laughs> Jamie's brother, yep. believe it or not. And so I looked up to him and, you know, we would go to this place called Jake's Ditch and we would ride BMX bikes. Right and next to so then I, was, I, I developed like a pretty good style and a pretty good riding already. And then... The neighborhood kids started riding, and then I was like already pretty good at it because of those years, in my early years, like when I was like in second, third, fourth grade, and then um, so I was already pretty good and decent anyway. And then and and when you become like the the guy in Vegas, uh, then all of a sudden now when you're winning contests and stuff like that, you're you're a little bit more. Uh, sought after at the contests, you know what I mean? So like people would like want to send you to the contests and see if you could do good. And I remember like watching the X Games in 1995, which is the year that they came out. <laughs> and I saw Jay Miron win that. And, and I was like, man, I can hang with these dudes. And then I saw what they did and I saw Jay win it. And I was like, I, I, I really think that I could beat him. <laughs> I love it. And, and and it's so crazy because like 
a lot of people say that, you know, it's like seeing Tom Brady throw a touchdown and be like, I could have threw that. And then going out there and doing that. And that's exactly what happened because in 1995, the King of Dirt came around and that was in November. And, and my mom said like, you got till you're 19 to make something of this BMX bike. If you don't, <laughs> then you probably should start thinking about getting a real job. And then I was 18 years old. My birthday is December 7th and it was November 20 something. And I went out to this contest and there was 20 pros and me in Oklahoma city. And I won and, and, and I beat Jay who was the X games champ and everybody like freaked out. And then I, I made $500 that day. Uh, and it was more money than I've ever seen. And I was like, I'm retired. I'm done. I'm rich. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, and then I, I got picked up by a couple of sponsors and, and, and the ball got rolling. And I think I made 30,000 bucks my first year of being a pro. And it was wow. like, never did I think that was possible, you know, and nor did my mom, like she was just tripping, you know, I don't even know what the hell's going on. And there's like grown men on her floor everywhere right there on our house in Schuster, Jamie. And, and, <laughs> and like she's house. stepping yep. over grown men. She's like, I think it's about time for you to get your own place, honey. And I was like, <laughs> okay. So that was it, man. It's just been a roller coaster ever since. It's so awesome. So I have I have a story actually about you. So like, you know, I love how you're pretty humble about it. You're just like, I think I could do that and I could do it. But like, I actually remember you as a kid, pretty much anything like if you got an idea you would do it like I remember your first backflip and I remember like we were jumping on the trampoline and we you know you were good at doing like all the flips and the backflips I was never really good at that stuff but I was always scared right but you were never scared you were always just sort of fearless and like I remember you were like I wonder if I could do this on the ground and then you go over and you just tried it and the first one you did it and then you did it again. And then we we're like, we went and showed your mom and my mom. And we're like, yeah, he did backflips on the ground. I mean, but it was just as simple as like you deciding that you could do it. And then you did it. And it was amazing. I don't know. Oh, thanks. Uh, you still love Superman? Yeah, I do. Actually, <laughs> I was Superman for Halloween. It's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. So I remember uh... you loved Superman. And I, there was also, I can't remember the character. There was a cartoon guy who had a sun sword, but you had a teddy bear that was a, a sun sword. Be like, yeah. yeah. Sun sword. How the hell do you remember that? That's Dude, awesome. I weird stuff that helps me not at all in life. I like phone numbers. I don't, I remember phone, like I was telling you before the show actually how, yeah. it, so this is a story, um, Two, how I got back in touch with TJ. So, like, your sort of celebrity status keeps you well hidden from public access as far as getting a hold of you. <laughs> but um, what year did you have your accident, if I in, may bring that up? In October of 2010. So, October of 2010. Can you tell us what happened? Yeah. Um, I, I, we were in my backyard first, and this kid named Ty Penny crashed in my backyard it was the hardest crash i've ever seen and it bothered me really bad and i saw blood come out of his ear and the firefighters came and saved him and he went off to the hospital he didn't wake up well then that bothered me the whole next day and that was october 13th so on october 14th i had a contest here in vegas at the hard rock the very next day so i was all scared the whole day i was freaking out and i was like it's tie up it's tie up it's tie awake and the, the answer kept being no. And so I went into that contest completely messed up. And then 
uh, on my second run of the contest, I got into a coma. I crashed, and I was laying next to him in the bed. Oh, my God. At oh, wow. UMC. So we were both in comas, and it was so weird. I, I don't even know what the hell happened, why it happened, that how it did. Like The trick that, that happened to me, I saw it because it was obviously filmed. Uh, it was in a contest and everything, and there was... I saw it on the news actually when I came home three weeks later or yeah. a month and a half later actually. And I was like, man, like that was a hard slam. <laughs> and, and I was thinking to myself, like I would have did that trick naked. Like I was, it was so easy and like, I would have been like just to be funny or something. You know what I mean? I would have did anything. That, that's nothing. And for me to crash that trick just doesn't make any sense. Fine. So like Ty and I have we had to recover together and he's still going through it. Um, it's still a big mess, but, uh, I got, I got real lucky. I really, I remember waking up and I was like, well, this isn't going to be my life. So it's either get up and do this or just die. And I just got up and did it. And, and that was it. Like there's no stopping, like learn how to tie shoes and talk and all that stuff. So yeah, yeah it was crazy. So I, uh, just been in rehab ever since. And then, um, it was about about three years to make a full full recovery to where I felt like I was one hundred and ten percent. Like I've, I, but probably a year and a half till I was like pretty good, pretty coherent, everything cool. Do you think that, given the timing and the proximity to uh, between having seen an accident and having an accident yourself, do you, do you think that there's like an element of guilt or something that came into play? You said it was a, a oh, trick no, you could have done. Sure. Yeah, for sure. I, I really think that that for the only reason I crashed is because Ty crashed in my backyard. I mean, there really is no other. I don't know, man. Subconsciously, I had to be ready. I, I was worried the whole entire day. I was scared to death. I was like, I was dreading the contest that night. But there was a lot of people depending on me. So I, I just went anyway. And well, I mean, I, I guess there's there's two there's two parts of the question uh, or there's two options here. One is it, it could have been that maybe seeing something made you aware of a possibility that you didn't, you hadn't seen, you hadn't experienced like viscerally. You didn't like that, that put a face on a problem and suddenly you realized that like some glimpse into your own mortality or, or do you think that it was more that a thing happened and you felt responsible and maybe you felt like you, you deserved something? Yeah, I think it was that. I mean, yeah. I think it was actually all of the above because I have seen a lot of people get knocked out and I've seen a lot of people um, bleed and, I, I, you know, and be hurt and whatever. And I've had that happen to me a lot. But mm. this severity of, of crash, I haven't seen in my life. And I still have yet to see a crash that hard. A friend of mine actually died on the course twice and, and is still a quadriplegic, but I wasn't there in person, you know, so... It, it was a very big deal and it is a very big deal to me. Um, Stephen Murray, he's like a friend of mine still. And I, I re it really like anytime anything happens that I'm feeling a little bit weird about, I just put right everything back into perspective when I think about Stephen Murray. It's crazy. Wow. Now, you said that you saw the video. Uh, you saw it on TV. Yeah, yeah, I was actually, yeah, that's when I saw it on TV, and I was like, Were we man, just flipping was, channels one day? Oops, yeah. Oh, man. So that's, that's, so that's kind of like going back to, and I don't mean to like, that's like a serious topic. You were in a coma. Holy shit. You know? Yeah, um, yeah that's, that's 
that's kind it's of a serious. big thing. <laughs> but like, so, you know, I was uh, I was working at Zappos at the time and I, I can't remember what I was doing, but I, I read, it came up on a, like, I don't know, CNN news or something like that, that TJ Lavin had been in an accident. I was like, holy shit, I know that guy. And um, I was like, he's my childhood friend and I feel like I need to do something and I have no idea how to get in touch with I hadn't been in touch with you or your family um, for years, you know, like literally a decade, if not more. Like the last time I'd remembered seeing you was probably X Games or the piano class that we talked about, right? Right. And um, that useless memory that I was talking about having, (laughs) I remembered your phone number from when we were kids because we used to have to actually dial phone numbers when we were kids and um i dialed that phone number just in the off chance that it's still connected to when you get your sister answered the phone i recognized her voice immediately and we caught up as though we had never missed a beat and <laughs> you know she kind of gave me the, the the scoop and let me know how your family was doing how you were doing and um but that, i think that was the day after the uh, the day after your crash because i had just heard about it and uh crazy though crazy stuff wow but that's how that's how i uh yeah and now i just bother you all the time no i'm kidding i don't bother you all the time (laughs) i've been bothering you for a while because i wanted you to be a guest on this show and and it's awesome to reconnect with you yeah and we're all grown up now jamie have you have you been in any kind of accident have i been in have you ever have you ever had that kind of like brush with with that experience you know not um not myself. So I, w- I was a park ranger, though, and we were on the scene of accident. Like, I've given CPR to a girl who didn't make it. Like, we knew she. I oh, mean, really? Yeah. Like, I've, I've, what happened? I've had my... They rolled their truck, and uh, we were the first on the scene. And uh, so, you know, we helped the, her. It was a girl, her sister, and her dad. And the girl who was driving didn't make it. And, um, you know, she was... We could tell she wasn't going to me. She was already gone when we got there, but, you know, to try to do everything we could and, and let the family know we were doing everything we could, we did try to, you know, we tried CPR, but um, until the ambulance got there. And, uh, yeah, so, I, I mean, I've definitely had my fair share of uh, uh, those sorts of things, but I've never, I have been in car accidents, but never anything really, really bad. I've been very lucky that way. My only bike accident, I hurt my arm and cracked my helmet i used to ride you know do mountain bike racing for a while um but nothing like nothing super serious i i've I've never had a broken bone really yeah i I broke my wrist once riding my bike when i was i think 11 but that's uh that's it yeah wrists are weak (laughs) (laughs) i love it i got a lot of screws holding in my wrists together both of them (laughs) oh really oh man See, I think that I wouldn't have been, I mean, I wasn't, I've never been super athletic, but if, if my, my life may have been a little bit different, if not for me breaking that wrist, I may have, because when I was a kid, like riding my bike is the thing that I love the most. And I loved going up and like doing jumps on hills and stuff. And that's how I broke the wrist. And I was kind of shy about it after that. I think that if I had managed to not hurt myself that one time, I, I might not have gone. It's, it's not impossible to think that I may have gone in the same direction that you did. Nice. Interesting. Or at least that that may have been like the dream at that time. Like I could have I could have seen that as a wait, I can get paid to do this. Yeah, seriously. I think that's so awesome. I remember I mean my brother rode, you know, like like TJ was saying, my brother rode a lot and I raced um shoot, you know what's funny is where I live right now is really close to where the track used to be, the Tule Springs track. I don't know if uh-huh. you ever raced that one. I live right out there now. Um but I raced that when I was a kid. 
And I, I don't think I was, I don't know. I always say this now as a grown up, but like, I don't think I was engineered to move, move quickly. Like I'm just not <laughs> fast. Like it is not in my genetics to be fast. And like, like I'm a, you know, I've done a marathon. I've run a marathon. I could run for a really long time and, and whatnot, but I'm not fast. I'm so slow. Um, I mean, slow is a relative term, but like my marathon was four hours and 20 some minutes, I think. Oh, I but. would still be running that marathon. So yeah, I do too. That's pretty good. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, it, so I'm not like, I'm not fast and I'm not super slow, but like, yeah, with bike racing and stuff, I would always get so discouraged with foot races and, and like races in, in general, short distances and stuff. I would get so discouraged because I could not move quickly. I don't know. I was always slow. Interesting. <laughs> funny how these things are but anyway but yeah my brother used to race i used to um you know i see people sometimes at the park where or, or uh behind the school near my apartment and they'll be playing football or basketball or whatever and my mind just goes to this place where i'm i'm in awe and wonder of how and why are they doing this <laughs> Functionally, I understand they they want to play a game and they're with their friends and this is the thing that they have to do right now. But I I just I don't even know who I would call of my friends. I don't know who I could call up and say, "Hey, let's go play basketball." This is, this is why we ended up being computer people, Dave. Right. <laughs> is, um, I, I look around. And I'm thinking to myself, maybe this is my maybe this is my problem. Maybe I've managed to in my life surround myself with people who just don't have like that that thing. The outdoor skills. Well, so here's the thing too, T. We were we were catching up. Um, was it yesterday? And you were talking about becoming a firefighter. Can we talk yeah. about that? What? Tell yeah. me about that. Yeah. Why would you? Why would you want to become a, a fire? Not <laughs> like how you dare you? But I mean, like, like who would want that? No, but I mean, like, what? What's the? What's the drive there? Um, you know, like it was pretty special for for me when when they came to Ty's rescue. Pretty much, you know, like I. I really respect the hell out of firefighters and I I just think that that's a pretty noble job um to to let you know to try and help everybody by all means necessary so it's something that you know has a little bit of excitement in it has a lot of bit of stability and it's just something that I really think that that's the path I should go down um you know entertainment and like all the all the stuff that I've been doing in my life it's all been for me, kind of, you know, it's like been, it's been fun and it's been awesome, but it's all been for me. And I think that this accident that I had was like a little bit of a wake up call. Like, dude, like you might, you need to start living for other people as well. Like you can't just live your whole entire life. Like me, me, me. So I think helping other people and helping people, like it really rewards me and it gives me something that money can't buy. And or would this I be in addition to the the MTV gig, or would you would you go firefighting full time? Well, I'm gonna be a full time firefighter if I make it. Um, wow! And and I'll 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 do TV and stuff like that as well. Um, but those will that'll just be on my days off. Or they have a thing called trade, and you can trade days like with people and stuff like that. So if I have to do a lot of trades or whatever, I'll do that. But the main the number one priority would be firefighting for sure wow i think that's so awesome like i just think it's awesome i don't know very admirable you do you do a lot of stuff for like i see you 
talk to folks. You run into folks. Um, you'll see like somebody wearing a volunteer shirt, and you will buy them breakfast and get to know them. And you do that kind of stuff a lot. I see this on your Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, like I never posted any of that that stuff that I do like, yeah. ever in my life. And then uh, kid named Ricky Smith, dude named Ricky Smith, I should say. <laughs> uh, he he uh, started a movement called Rake, and it's random acts of kindness everywhere. And he called me and said he wanted me to be the first board member of people on his roster. And I was like, I'd be honored. And so I told him to meet me at Stacks and Yokes. He did. We talked about it and and we got together. And he, he informed me that posting stuff like that on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or anything like that is very healthy because it's it's so many other people see what's going on and it helps them do that and then it makes them excited to help people as well and or it just makes them feel terrible about themselves <laughs> and then makes them no. do that anyway which is what i'm it, going through right now it, here's the like, thing Shit, i don't do it, that it doesn't really matter how it gets done it just matters that it gets done and like everybody gets help you know what i mean and like you help people out and you 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 really really does help you i mean Honestly, it's all for me now still. And even when I'm helping people, it's it's for me. It's like, it makes me feel so much better. It um, does, right? Yeah, and there's like, nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with this, uh, everything we do. We're, we're animals. There's instincts at play here. Everything we do is selfish. But uh, th- th- there can be an upside to that. Yeah. If you, if you are having a bad day, then I guarantee you, if you go and buy somebody that you don't even know breakfast or lunch and you sit with them and eat with them and talk with them, you will feel so much better about yourself as well as making their day. It's not even funny. I mean, it, I pick up homeless guys all the time and homeless people. <laughs> he really does. I mean, like this is. <laughs> I'm serious. Like I, I, I take homeless guys. Like if there's a homeless guy at in and out, I'll let him come in with me and eat and like order whatever he wants. And then I'll make him sit with me and we'll talk. <laughs> hey, here's the cost. <laughs> you have to sit with me. No, I like that. You know, so so my boyfriend and I do a thing. Uh, we call it the Breakfast Awards. And we have these little <laughs> with these little cards that we give somebody that says they won the Breakfast Awards and we pay their we pay for their breakfast. And um, the piece that we don't do is ask their story. And I really like the um i like that aspect of you sitting with them and you know the reason we've never done that is shyness honestly it's very it's, it's very we're he's worse than i am with shyness but mm-hmm. um we're both really shy and i but i love the idea of sitting with them and getting to know them because i think everybody has a story and when you take the time to hear somebody's story you just i, I don't know that sounds absolutely delightful i don't like know. it may sound kind of crazy but it I ups it their value awesome. you know like their their life value in their mind it goes through the roof when somebody asks them a question like no one asks them questions ever i mean yeah. when you see a homeless guy on the street and you just say no to him you know what i mean or no i'm cool or i'm busy or whatever yeah. and if you were to take one second and be like, Hey man, how you, how you doing? How's your day? Then that would like make the dude freak out. Like, Whoa, 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 Whoa. And I mean, there's, there's a lot of times when I'll pull over on the side of the street, I'll see a dude walking and like, I saw a black guy walking with his hood on and it made me think of Trayvon Martin. And I'm like, man, like if, if, 
if that dude would have pulled over and asked him if he wanted to ride or grab breakfast instead of going and shooting him like an idiot, like it would have been awesome. And so I said, man, I'm going to try and ask this guy if he wants to go eat. So I pull over and the dude was like so surprised and so freaked <laughs> out that he said no. He was like, no, I'm good. <laughs> I was like, okay. Cause, cause like, I, I'm, I'm kind of on his side on that one. <laughs> yeah, because people <laughs> freak out. They're like, pulls over and asks me if I want to go get breakfast with him. I'm probably saying no. Yeah. I know. You know, it, it happens a lot. Happens yeah, I mean, believe, while, believe me, it happens a lot. Um, unless they're homeless, they usually say no. It's yeah. funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, what's, there's, there's got to be a trick there. If somebody just comes up to you and asks you to go get breakfast, either they're asking you out or they're trying to lure you back to their dungeon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, I ask cops and stuff too. Like if I if I pull up to a stoplight and I see a cop car or whatever, I'll I'll make him roll his window down. And I'll be like, "Hey, man, you want to go get some food?" And the dude, <laughs> and the awesome. dude's like, uh, "No," <laughs> you know what I mean? Or or like four cops came in and ate the other day. You know, so it was awesome, huh. and I got hilarious. all four of them, and they were stoked. So it, it was like you know, it was pretty cool. Maybe I should try this. Be a good way to make friends. Because if there's anything people in New York City love, it's strangers coming up and talking to them. Uh, <laughs> look, New York City is no different. You honestly, they if they see a guy with a friendly face and that you you have you have happy face on, you know, you're not you're not you don't have not the scowl. dickhead face, then you're good. You're gonna win. You're gonna win, man. Trust me. All right. Well, I'm gonna try this. Uh, it's gonna be tricky because I default to having bitch face, but we'll see what I can do. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, man. <laughs> Dave, Dave has I just ate a lemon face <laughs> I just walk around looking angry all the time I, uh, I, I think that there's there's something magical here and I think that it, you almost kind of have to have a certain sort of personality to be able to pull this off you know the, I yeah I, I agree I think you you do and there's an outgoing I mean you know I know I lost touch with you, TJ, for a lot of years, but I have to say, I don't think you've changed a bit since you were, you know, that like three-year-old kid standing on a slide with your teddy bear sun sword. Um, <laughs> you know, like, I, I, I don't think you've changed a bit. You are still every bit that person that you were when we were oh, kids. thanks. It's pretty awesome, actually. I don't know. You grew up a humble kid in a humble home. That answers my next question. I was about to ask, have you always been a nice person or is this like a recent thing just to make <laughs> me feel bad? Is this new for you? Oh, dude, I was a complete <laughs> jerk. No, no, I'm just kidding. I don't, I don't, uh, I don't, I, I've never seen myself as, as, as going the wrong way, man. Like I never, I don't know. I, I've always felt so lucky that I didn't want to like disrupt the apple cart. You know, I'm not, I'm not into any kind of bad stuff or any kind of like, you know, trying to hurt nobody. I'm just, I'm just right. Dude. Right. Well, I don't mean, I mean, hurting people. I, I'm sort of, you know, we see the world through, through our own eyes, our own, our own, the lens of our own experience and, and listening to the way you see the world and the things you do. I'm thinking about even from when I was a kid, I've always been maybe because I moved around so much or, or, or whatever, but I've always been a little, I've kept my distance from people just a little bit. I'm a little bit of a misanthrope and I'm not the sort of person who would, by default, just walk up to a stranger and offer to buy them breakfast. And I wonder if that's not that it makes me a bad person, but no. I'm not I'm not by default going out of my way to try to make things better. Right. Right. Yeah. It's, it's not like a natural thing that just happens. And I can be that guy all the time. I, I definitely um, I, I've definitely done stuff like that my whole life, like, you know, because I've been pretty lucky. 
So I would always pay it forward always. And, and, um, it, it turned up the hype definitely turned up over the last few years after my crash for sure. Um, I never said no. I mean, like I'm involved in like four or five or six charities now. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, what did you do before the call this morning? Um, I just went, I had a meeting with the a games guys, um, which is, a a thing that's happening is an event that's happening this Sunday. And, uh, we're going to, um, have a games is a games for autism instead of X games, which is pretty cool. Like the kids all come down and they have like a competition and as much of a competition as you can have if you're a kid with autism. So there, there, there's nothing that, you know, you can't do when you're, you know, you're a a child with autism. It doesn't really matter. Like if you got patience, you're going to be able to help the kids. So it's pretty cool. It's it's a really good event, and I'm I'm just really happy to be a part of it. And then tomorrow, uh, I'm gonna go and talk to the kids at schools for the Life Is Beautiful um, Foundation. And Life Is Beautiful has um has a big concert and has a big big uh, festival and everything every year. But they are a, 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 a company that does good stuff that actually has an event as well. So. Their, their number one priority is the kids and to do the right thing, which is life is beautiful. It's pretty damn cool. I, I was like, man, I'm in. Whatever it is, I'm down. So That's awesome. I, I do stuff like that. And then um, so I'll do that tomorrow. And then that, uh, the A Games on Sunday. And then uh, Project 150 is a, is a company I've been working with a lot here in Vegas. And they, they, uh, have, they help homeless kids, which there's 6,000 homeless kids that go to high school here in Vegas. Wow. And so that's crazy. I mean, I, I can't believe that there's that many people. And when you say homeless, we mean that they don't have a permanent address. So wherever they could be living off of their friends' couches or they could be living with their aunt or uncle or grandfather or grandma, whatever, as long as it's not their permanent address, they're homeless as, as far as Project 150 is concerned. Wow. So I donate a lot of my extra shirts and extra clothes, shoes, whatever to them as well. And then we go and talk to uh, a lot of the high schools about the anti-bullying and things like that, too. So it's pretty crazy. I mean, like how involved I've become with the community ever since I've been hurt um, is is definitely the volume is spiking for sure. So this is this is an opportunity, I think. So uh, let let me ask you, if I wanted to start being a good person, how should I go about (laughs) that? What could I do? What could I do okay, to, right now, like, to do like, these you, things, to get involved? If you said, okay, I'm just going to, I'm going to start changing my ways today. So if you said that, Subway well, no, 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 is a I don't mean, one. I don't mean like, I mean like getting involved with specific charities, things like that. Uh, then call, just call any charity that you feel like you want to, like a friend of mine, Ricky goes and reads at the hospital to, to cancer kids. Like he's, he's a really badass dude too. Like he does his thing. Like, like he, he goes and reads like any kind of books and, and like, uh, for instance, you go, go on Instagram and there's a, there's a lady on there who makes a book that, that talks about being cool to be different because their heads are bald from, from cancer. And I was like, man, I want to support this lady. So I just got on Instagram and I tried to pump her Instagram up as best I could. And so she could get as many people as she could to reach out to them. So you could just start with that right there. If you just go on any kind of social media that you have or don't have, you just start one, do whatever you can to help them, you know, promote their, their cause, whatever it is, whatever it may be. 
That's it. And I think, you know, just jump in. I, I mean, I, uh, I don't do this now, but for a while I wanted to have a dog and couldn't because my spouse at the time was really, really allergic. So what I did was volunteer for the, the Great Dane Rescue here in town. Oh, Every wow. Saturday I would go. And there are tons of, I mean, if, you know, some people are not into people, you know, but animals too, you know, um, you maybe you just find the thing that, that is the thing you want to help with. You pick something and there's no shortage of, of people and animals and things that need help. There's no shortage. I, I no. mean, yeah, I think you just Google search some things if you really want to get started and then you just start, you call them up. Um, I used to do data entry for the Cancer Society. Um, yeah, I mean, it was just, they, they were like, oh, you know how to use a computer. <laughs> so I ended up doing data entry for a really long time until I couldn't do it anymore. But um, yeah, you know, I mean, it, you can do, there are so many things you can do to help and they will, they have no problem giving you a, an assignment or a task. And like, uh, you know, I used to be in the thing where I, I would, I would say, you know, I, I can't afford to give money, but I can give time. And so, you know, and then as my position got better financially, then I was able to, you know, decide if I, you know, I can give money today, but I can't give time or I can give time today and, you know, or whatever. But, you know, I think there are tons of ways. And just like you're saying, you just find a place to start. Um, You know, if there's a cause you're passionate about, I'm very passionate about helping veterans. Um, You know, my dad being my my dad when he was alive, a Vietnam veteran. Um, So, yeah, you know, I just. Yeah, I have a lot of stuff that I like to. Speaking of your dad, do you remember that time when we were driving out in a four by four looking for an airplane, <laughs> a crashed airplane for hours? <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't tell you how many times we did stuff like that. Oh yes. my gosh. Yep, I do remember. Oh my gosh. Yep. That was brutal. Sometimes my dad. Whew. He got something in his head and it was over. Man, yep, we were just out there for days. Focused, right? <laughs> oh man. And TJ, you're not going to believe it, how much gold is on this plane. And we get there and it's all plugs. Yes. I was like, what? Yep. This we got to go find the parts. Cra- like what, what was the deal with the plane? He had heard that there was a, like, I think it was like an old jet that had crashed on a mountainside or somewhere. And, you know, the parts used to be like all lined in gold and stuff. My dad was a gold prospector and uh, amongst many, many, many other things. Um, oh, oh, not like professionally. Not professionally, no. He had like he was a an he was like one. a hobbyist gold prospector. Very much so. Yep, he had yeah. a mine for a while. We used to go out to Arizona and mine when I was a kid, and that are was. You, are you fucking with me right now? Is that a no? <laughs> no, that's, that's a. Real, a yeah. If you only knew, Annie is a black belt. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. Huh. My dad was a passionate hobbyist, though. Like, if he was, if he decided that that was his thing, he was all in. I want to um, do that. I want to go yeah. mine gold. <laughs> there are conventions for that <laughs> and everything huh yep all kinds of oh man yeah i had quite man, a your life is changing quick today man you're gonna mine gold you're gonna change the world you're gonna be a good dude <laughs> i'm gonna mine the gold and then give it to charity that's my move now <laughs> that's yeah it. i love it i found this gold it is all yours <laughs> oh man so many things so many things i have so many memories of childhood I, uh, man, I, that I haven't even thought about in a really long time. Crazy. It's funny how that works. You start down just a little bit of a path of nostalgia, and you you end up in a place where you could almost you could almost see and smell and touch those moments. 
It's it's true, man. I remember. Um, well, so I guess those, like not to yeah keep harboring on the past or whatever. The the past was great though. I, I mean, I really feel like. Um, we had pretty good childhood growing up out in the desert, you know, yeah. making forts and slipping slides and I don't know, kinds of cool stuff. But um, growing up, you're married now, right? Yep. I'm married to a girl named Roxanne and she is a nutritionist and a trainer and she's just a fitness girl and like really passionate about that too. And she loves like giving back and helping with the homeless stuff. Like we went and built a... a, a, a thing called like there's a company called kaboom and they build jungle gyms for kids so we went and built a jungle gym with kaboom uh last month which was really cool and then like for our honeymoon we went and did a triathlon which was really cool (laughs) that's awesome yeah so she's just a cool chick she's cut from the same cloth as me and i love it and she's great that's very cool and congratulations on that too that's very cool Man, so many things, life things. My descent into, my most recent descent into nostalgia, uh, I, I there's got to be a better word to put after that, but madness. <laughs> madness. <laughs> is, uh, I saw, I, I had this you know, epic food poisoning recently, and I, I went and saw, during my epic food poisoning, I went and saw a movie. I went and saw the new X-Men movie. And when I was a kid, as, sort of as a result of my, breaking my wrist and then not going on to being a, uh, an MTV host and world famous bike rider is uh, <laughs> I started reading comic books instead. That was uh, that's what I did with my free it's time. It's a good hobby. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, my wrist was, there's two things I started doing when I broke my wrist. I started reading comics and I started painting. I don't know why at 11 years old, I decided I wanted to paint after breaking my wrist, but there you have it. <laughs> That's cool. I dude. love painting. I paint too. It's, it's oh, so God. fun, isn't it? What don't you do? <laughs> I, I, I love painting. I just love it. I, I, I'll, I'll go in there. You know what? If I don't do it, then uh, I, I learn to do it. Like whatever yeah, it is that yeah. I want to do, you know, just learn it. Like, like just teach yourself. And if you suck at it, then eventually you're going to be all right at it. You know, so, so That's you just awesome. have to just keep learning. My story of my life right there. It's, it's true though you know and like i everything it really is and you know i don't know i'm raising two girls nine years old and five years old and teaching them like about the hard work like if you want something work for it um you know that's that's like one of the biggest things we've been working on lately with the girls is just you know like don't get frustrated just work for it it'll happen you know it's just um i don't know i think that's such a a beautiful thing to ingrain in kids Work, work ethic. No, but yeah, it's cool. You do so much. You also play music. Did we talk about that earlier? We talked about piano a little bit. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I make music and uh, everything from from my own albums to um, to music for television. I've done a lot of different things. So it's it's I'm the jack of all trades, master of none. That's all there is. To it. I can just. <laughs> You don't you don't master any of it. You just have fun. So, oh, but that's cool. That's a that's a pretty important operative. I don't know, Dave. You do a lot of stuff too. You play music too. Yeah, I think and the biggest difference is I'm not um, a, a effusive 
towards other human beings and I'm I'm not um, athletic. So that's I mean those those are the real dividing lines here. <laughs> not that it's a comparison. I mean it's no, just, no, um, just a, <laughs> yeah, like, but but yeah yeah uh my my stuff tends to be a little bit more introverted and almost to to the point where I'm trying to find ways around that. Like when I'm doing music stuff, I'm sitting here in my apartment right now and I'm surrounded by guitars and a drum kit and everything. But I haven't played like in a band in years. Everything I've done has been me recording stuff by myself. Well, that's um, you know that band, the Postal Service, right? Yeah. And how they started, like it was like mailing tracks to each other and recording it over and mailing it back through the Postal Service. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my boyfriend actually does that with somebody. He does the drum tracks with a guy who plays guitar, and they um, yeah, they lay down cool tracks all the time. To me, they're cool. I think they're awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. It's a really good thing. I I made a song with a guy from Germany once. He he like sang on the hooks and and it's so crazy. I've never even met the guy. Yeah, I think that stuff's so, so cool. awesome. I've done that. Yeah. I had a guy, a friend of mine, uh, Dave Hamilton, was playing drums on a track for me. Yeah, we, see, you know, we put it up on iTunes and stuff like that. But the the experience of playing in a recording studio and then having somebody else play in a different recording studio and then mixing them together is different from the experience of of being in the same room playing music at the same time. Sure it is. I but think it's that's still... the part that I miss the most. Yeah, you can find that if you want it. Yeah, I just need to be at home for more than a couple of weeks at a time so I can get a band together. <laughs> get the band back together, man. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Form a new band. Oh, it's all good I, stuff. I know what I'll do. I'll just go find some homeless people and buy them breakfast and then give them instruments. Boom. <laughs> 